I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Sport of Podcast. I'm John Marthaler. Uh, it's the first show of 2019. So let me be the first to wish a happy new year to my good friend, Stu. Hey, John. How's it going? Uh, it's not too bad. We're we're missing two of our cohort tonight, as you know, yeah. Stu. Brandon is in Arizona. Oh. And usually the first week of January would be a great time to go to Arizona. It would be. But this time, this time it's actually like 40 degrees here in Minnesota. Yeah, so take yeah, that, Brandon. You can't lord it over. And obviously, that. Dr. Fingers was just sworn into the U.S. House of Representatives. So congratulations to right. um, Representative Fingers. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so it's just that you and me tonight. And um, we have a fair amount of stuff to talk about. Uh, last time, the last yeah, time that's... on the show was me and Brandon at the uh, New Bohemia in Golden Valley. And. We were anticipating a Vikings uh, playoff game and the Twins not signing anybody and go for bowl failure. And, uh, well, none of those things are accurate anymore, so we should probably get to them. You know, you guys never let it be said that you're not futurists, predictors of the future. But it does bring me to my first question mm-hmm. for you, Stu, which is regarding the Vikings. Oh, boy. Are you surprised that nobody has been fired yet? Um, yes, I am surprised nobody's been fired yet. Um, if only because I remember the last year of Brad Childress and what happened after they made an NFC Championship run and were uh, reloading for another run, and he didn't make it through the season, the following season. So, right. So, um, yeah, I. That was a pretty big flop with a lot of money invested in it. And I am surprised that at least Spielman didn't get let go. That's uh I'm surprised that, like you say, I, on the one hand, they fired the offensive coordinator during the season. But it's hard to look at that and say, well, he can be the scapegoat for this entire thing. Because it did seem to be sort of an organizational failure mm-hmm. from top to bottom. And I was trying to think, and maybe you know better than me, was there a bigger disappointment in the NFL this year than the Vikings? I mean, it would have been the Eagles if the Eagles hadn't gotten in, probably, so they were the defending champions, but um, they right. were able to take advantage of our yeah, now, inability to beat anybody who was good this year. Yeah, the, the Eagles are now the wild card team that nobody wants to play. That's, you hear that it's a classic six seed, you know, everyone's scared of them. Nobody wants to play them. They got that playoff experience, John. So it can't be them. 
possibly the Steelers? Could it be the Steelers? Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably it because yeah, they were yeah, they were uh, the one seed I think like around Thanksgiving or like no, they were the one behind they were behind uh, Kansas City, but um yeah, they're completely out of it now. So the the fact that the Vikings were maybe the biggest disappointment, arguably in the conversation for biggest disappointment yes, in yes. the league. I I honestly expected after that Bears loss, and it was an ugly man. Ugly was loss. it bad? The offense couldn't do a thing. The defense couldn't stop a terrible Bears yeah. offense. It was just a total top to bottom failure. And so I expected that we were all going to turn on our internet boxes the next day and there would be some firings. And so far, every other coach in the NFL got fired. There were like 12 mm-hmm. firings the day after the season, but one of them wasn't Mike Zimmer. And Rick Spielman seems to not have cardboard boxes in his office yet. And I'm just, I'm confused. Why? Man. What what are they hoping? I don't for? know. I mean, I know Zimmer gave his like, you know, big end of the year uh, press conference today and he sort of pinned it on the, the the death of Tony Sperano and it just kind of like left a cloud over the franchise and I don't want to diminish the death of a human being but that's wow um I think maybe it's it's hard to I mean how do you how do you respond to that it's like yeah you feel bad for the guy but I mean people have to still do their jobs in under circumstances like that and it was just everything just I I don't know that that's why Kirk Cousins was a shell of himself the second half of the season just cringing the minute he took a snap because he knew he was about to get hit um yeah that didn't seem to have a lot to do with Tony's yeah that's um I I I I I am if they're not going to fire anyone, I assume it's because both Zimmer and uh, Spielman have a year left on their contract. Um, or have you, they're, so, the, so I mean, it's like, well, you know, we don't want to pay them. They're hoping for the old self. Exactly. So they, you know, if they've got a year left. You know, you don't want to throw good money after bad. We already got them signed up and let's see, why don't we draft five offensive linemen and see if that actually helps maybe. And maybe it will. Well, maybe, you know that's not going to happen. Oh, no, I know. Because the Vikings have needed, they've needed to draft five offensive linemen mm-hmm. every year for the last four years, and they don't. Our, and our young North, our young North I, Dakota friend Michael Rand was screaming about that all off season, and they didn't do anything. And uh, he it which, proved to be uh, he proved to yeah. be a sage as far as that goes. Well, I I want to call him a sage, but I I know that the members of this podcast have been berating him both in person and on Twitter about the offensive line for at least two yes. years, not if not three. Yes. So perhaps we finally just got through to, to young Mr. Rand, but Ugh. the thing you, you look at it, you look at the situation they're in They're They're a little bit in the same situation they were last year, except last year they thought, let's just keep everybody that we have and we'll add a real quarterback and then everything will be good. And so now they've come to the end of the season where they didn't make the playoffs and they have no real opportunity to add any other players because they're sort of at the top of the salary cap. They're, they're high enough on the salary cap to the point that they're probably going to have to lose one of the really good players from their defense because they won't be able to they won't be able to afford to sign 
both Anthony Barr and Sheldon. Yeah, Richardson. Um, yeah. Anthony Barr. Anthony they Barr were, is they, halfway they, out the door already. So I don't think anyone. That's... Yeah, they can't keep. They can't keep everybody. No. There, there. There's kind of there's holes on the defense. I I'm concerned that once again Zimmer is going to prevail and the Vikings are going to draft another cornerback. And I'm real tired of Zimmer drafting cornerbacks. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean. It ended up being sort of handy because they were running pretty low on cornerbacks by the end of the year, but in the end, it didn't matter. So it's just and they never yeah. played a. I think George Iloka, so, I don't think played a snap, or if he did, it was like I I missed yeah. it. So George Iloka was supposed to be one of Zimmer's mm-hmm. guys, and then he screwed up in October, and they buried him in a shallow grave, and he was never heard from again. I didn't understand. Yeah, that. I again, I. I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to pin it all on Zimmer. I think that's unfair. It's more, it's fun to do it because it makes Dr. Fingers just incredibly upset. Um, representative. Yeah. Representative, representative, representative elect fingers gets a little, he's ends up being like, you know, nice guy, Eddie and reservoir dogs, you know, quit pointing that gun at my dad. It's like, you know, he gets really, really bent about it. So it's fun to tease him about it. But I still think obviously if you're going to start pinning blame on anyone, it starts with Bielman, and then it goes to Zimmer, and then it goes to just players yeah. being bad at their jobs. There's plenty of there's you need more than one exactly to it's, get all of the an players over, an do the correct. It's people. it's all donkey and all pins right now for the Vikings. <laughs> so, there's plenty of tails exactly, for everybody. Exactly. It's just it was just a, just they didn't beat a winning team all year. It just I. Uh, during the Bears game, during that game on Sunday, they flashed up a statistic that I thought was telling, which I don't think it included the the game that was currently being played. But it said Kirk Cousins four and twenty four all time against winning teams. Um, according to the uh, representative thinkers' other podcast, Access Vikings, um, the Vikings were oh seven and one in games where they trailed after halftime, trailed at halftime this year. Ugh. They just it was. That's just that's bad. And, I mean, and then and the rumblings that we need to run the ball more is, I mean, Jesus Christ, man, that's that's some, that's some dark stuff right there. That is, yeah, that is really good. That is, you're getting into you're getting on getting off of marijuana and into, into the needle drugs right there. That is that is right. the hard stuff. That is not. You you want to avoid that because man, if that's really the case, I can tell you that 2019's going to be again. They they have to draft five offensive linemen. They all have to be starters. They all have to be good. That's how think that's right. that's the hope for next year. Other than that, because uh, yeah, if they can if they could run the ball like Seattle or Dallas, great, do that. But they clearly can't. Yeah, they, they can can't. do it against Miami and Detroit because they are both terrible. And they still had a bunch of three and outs against Miami and Detroit. So it's like, it's like, and I don't, you know, Stefanski is interviewing for actual, you know, other jobs too. So they don't really blame him. I don't think, um, or the league at large doesn't, um, I don't know if Zimmer does. It sounds like it, we, it sounds like yeah. we end up getting, getting your boy, Hugh Jackson in. And I know that's a thing that you're looking you, forward to. You say the league at large as if the league at large isn't willing to give everybody 14 shots. Like, there were a number of NFL coaches who were fired last week as failures and already have interviewed for multiple other oh, yeah. jobs. Like Adam Gase. I mean, why would you hire Adam Gase? Yeah. I mean, 
things have been terrible for Adam Gase. And at least one NFL team said to themselves, bring him in. Bring him in. We need to see if Adam Gase really is the dynamic go-getter we're looking for for our organization. I know that he's been demonstrably bad at coaching. But hey, the carousel always amazes me. And it also makes it funnier when somebody is fired and then completely falls off the carousel mm-hmm. forever. Here I'm thinking of Brad Tildress, mm-hmm. who got got a shot as a head coach, and he coached the Vikings, and not once has his name been brought up in any sort of rumor as a possible head coach since. It was that it was bad enough that they just said, nope, Brad Tildress is not and a head yet. coach. We're not hiring that guy ever. And yet. Also in this category, Tim Brewster. <laughs> Well, that one I get. Um, there are people making millions of dollars fighting each other so they can get back into the Mike McCarthy business right now. That's right. insane. It's it's just crazy it's, down. The, what did, did anyone watch the Green Bay Packers the last five years? I mean, they have a quarterback who's made entirely out of miracles and they go 500 (laughs) yep every time it's just what oh god i don't understand any of it (sighs) i do i do hope that mike mccarthy goes somewhere else and wins like multiple super bowls in a row well ideally it'll be in cleveland because god knows the browns could use it but man i do because that's the name i think he's been attached to the most and you know they got a good. They, do you feel like you're pulling for? Do you feel like you're pulling for the Browns at this yeah, point? Yeah, my friend Andrew is a huge Browns fan, and he has suffered through a lot. I mean, as Vikings fans, we we obviously have our own you know sackcloth and ashes that we wear. But yeah, the Browns, man. To at least the Vikings never had their team stolen from them. That's about the only thing right separate. That's because that's a whole other level of of grief. Um. We all obviously have similar uh, postseason uh, disasters, but yeah, I think that that would be a that'd be a nice little storyline to see, like the Cleveland Browns being like a AFC, you know, stalwart for a couple couple yeah. years. That would be all right. Maybe that'll be uh, Brandon and Doctor Fingers' team next year. <laughs> I can only imagine the sound effect they will <laughs> just, use for just, the Cleveland Browns. Just diarrhea hitting the floor, basically. That'll be what it is. I don't. Yeah. Know. Sorry. Sorry for that visual, guys. Yep, it's Sorry true. <laughs> uh, on the subject of firings, I have another question yes. for you. Do you think Tom Thibodeau will last the entire season? Um, and again, I'm I'm at a loss here because I am still on my streak of not watching a minute of Timberwolves basketball. But right. um, reading up on it, it does not sound like there's any move in the offing unless they hit like a real rough patch here. They've like, you know, they righted the ship when they got rid of Butler. Then they had a swoon. Then they started playing better again. They won a they won a really good road game. I think was it at San Antonio? Or Oklahoma City. Would count as winning a really Oklahoma good City. Game. They won that game. And then they've kind of lost a couple here, but I don't think there's been anything like drama wise or um that would make me think that Thibs is close to being on the way out. What say you, John? What say you? Well, obviously, I don't think that Glenn Taylor is going to fire Tibbs just because that's not really what Glenn Taylor does. He 
mostly sticks with mediocrity longer than anybody could see coming. <laughs> and that's when he pulls the trigger. <laughs> so I guess in that sense, I I don't expect Tibbs to be fired, but at the same time, the Timberwolves are one of the worst teams in the West Con- Western Conference. So I don't, the West, the West is so weird because usually you expect that there's going to be like five good teams at the top of the West that are going to blow everybody away and everyone else will be fighting for scraps a little bit. It's still going to be way better than the Eastern Conference, which has one good team. But, well, there's one good team and then there's Toronto who loses painfully in the second round of the playoffs every single year. Yeah. So what are you going to do there? But the West is weird because... I I think, and I don't have the standings in front of me, but I think the Timberwolves are basically in last place except for Phoenix, and yet they're still somehow three games away from a playoff spot or something like that. It's all just a lot of 500 teams in the the West. So I think because of that, because they haven't lost 10 in a row or anything dumb like that, I don't think Tibbs is going to get fired anytime soon, but... I do think it would be very hard to see him lasting into next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I would imagine just, it seems, how long is his contract for? Is he in his third year now? Yeah, he's in his third year. I thought his contract was for five years, but I don't remember that for sure. And he is the POBO as, as well as the coach, right? He is the president. Yeah, he's in charge of everything. Yeah. He has Scott Layden technically on on the staff, but as we've mentioned before, Scott Layden is actually a, a men's suit filled <laughs> with straw. So, um, he's not a real he's not a yeah, human man. That's, that's what. So, it's basically just Thibodeau yelling at himself in a gravelly voice. That's the Timberwolves organization. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I don't. It would be tough. For, I don't. I don't know what's going to yeah. happen. I don't know what's going to happen with the Timberwolves, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be anything. Yeah, because I mean, he would have the Taylor would have to eat the rest of Thibodeau's contract, and then also hire a new coach and a new GM, and that's a lot of money. And I just, I mean, I know that your soccer columns do well for the strip, but I don't know he's got that much extra money laying around. So I could, <laughs> I could. Uh, yeah, I got. I, I definitely get Thibodeau money for that. <laughs> That's, I think that's the important thing to understand about, about <laughs> what being a soccer columnist for the Star Tribune is like. I read it. That's all I care. Um, you're the, vo- you're the voice yeah. of Minnesota soccer. Don't let anyone forget it. We need, we very much need Brandon to talk about the Timberwolves. Yeah. We need him because he, he can just, he, he, he can go on the half hour, the half hour <laughs> yes. rant that we need. To carry the wolf, it, it, it helps. It, it I, I ask I, the guy who watches just, the games about the Timberwolves. That that's a real positive for the for the podcast. I think. I'm just in the same boat as every other Wolves fan that they look at the Wolves and think, <sighs> I guess heavy size. I guess they'll watch. Boss. They're going to Boston. They haven't won in Boston for 35 years, but I guess I'll watch them. And then they lose by. They 20. Sure did. It's just a lot of it's a lot of really deep sighing with the Timberwolves. Uh, oh well. So anyway, um, do you have your do you have your Mister Puck hat on? Yes, too? I do. 
I want to know how you're going to fix your purge. Um, let's see. How am I going to fix my purge? Um, I don't know that you need it's they they don't so much rebuild as they reload, John. I see. So I think you know this is. I mean, this is it's a long season. I mean, NHL is a long ass season. It's longer than the NBA for Christ's sake. So I think you're going to have these dips and, um, I just I, I'm not. Let's just say I'm not worried yet. I'm not pressing the panic button yet, John. Are Are you sure you're not ready to press the panic button? I am not ready to press the panic button. I feel like a lot of a lot of people in Nashville are starting to. They're not pressing the panic button yet, but they're looking at it longingly. Well, it's just they're looking at it and thinking that panic button's not so bad. <sighs> we can do something with that panic well, button it's, again. And first of all, I mean, for Nashville, this is a really rough time of year because there's not a lot of bachelorette parties, so you can't really that really <laughs> that really hits the economy across the board. There, so right because it's just with the holidays, that's just not a, a time when people schedule those things. So the local economy gets impacted, and I think you know that r- carries across the whole city. That's just like you know how the hot like the the high school hockey tournament has such such a good thing for St. Paul. It's like that, but an inverse effect for for Nashville. Right. It's like after the high school hockey tournament is over, and after the wild season mm-hmm. is over. They just have a reckoning at the Eagle Street Trail. <laughs> and then they say, all right, I'm going to leave this room. There's four waitresses in here right now. And when I come back, I want to see only two. <laughs> but yeah. I I assume that's how they do staffing at the Eagle Street Grill. I, I don't know either. I, 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 I only ever see people vomiting outside of it. So I don't know if that I've ever. God, I, <laughs> it is the vomit capital. Of I don't Paul. know if I've ever been in there. I'm trying to think. Um. No, I've, I mean, I've because it's directly across the street mm-hmm. from the Excel Center. It's the last place you would want to go on a hockey night. I want to go wait in line for I, forty-five minutes. That's what I want to do. Right. <laughs> and if you look, if you stand in front of the Eagle Street Grill and you look down the hill on Seventh Street, you can see forty-five more bars. Yes. So it's hard to look around and say, you know, I think I want to mash in here with two thousand of my closest friends instead of just. Walking 14 steps down the street and finding 11 other giant indoor food truck park. I can just go there and not stand in line for shit. So, um, yeah, but I mean, I, I know like my purds, I think they're trailing the jets now, aren't they? They're no longer our, the, our central division leaders. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know, I, I know I po- points are up. weird. I know, but I know at one point Nashville had lost five consecutive games all in regulation, so they'd gone a week and a half or two weeks without getting a point in the standings. Yeah, that is a tough stretch. So I looked because I I assumed that Nashville would have plummeted down the standings, and instead they're two points behind. Oh, Winnipeg. okay. So okay. maybe the Purds don't need as much victory. Yeah, I think thought. maybe like you know, yeah, it's it's the, it's a long season, I guess. Well, let's just you know, see us see us at the end of the month. You know, <laughs> it could be worse. Down in Dallas, the team CEO gathered the media together. It wasn't like a press conference, like a regularly scheduled thing or just an off the cuff thing where somebody got him in the hallway. He like called them on a day off and said, I need to talk to everybody in the media. And I, I assume this was not a videotape thing, but reading the interviews, it sounded like he definitely cornered the entire assembled media and poked his finger into every one of their chests and said, all right, 
I need you to write this. Our two best players are garbage. <laughs> and it's their fault that we're not better. Uh, and I'm sure the media said, Jim, I want to I wanna make sure that you want to do this here. What you've done here is you cursed out the two best players on your team. And I'm not sure what the point is because the GM's not here, the coach isn't here, the players aren't here. Nobody's here to defend themselves. You want us to write that your two best players are garbage and it's their fault that you're not winning more? And the team CEO is like, yes, absolutely. And the owner backs me up on it. So on the one hand, you could be Nashville losing all the time. On the other hand, you could be Dallas. And I just want to say on behalf of everyone up here in Minnesota, I hope this kind of thing keeps going. And I hope Dallas is removed from the map by a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, I could. Uh, I I can't say that I argue with that. And that if that were to happen, they would the the Wild would probably get the rights to the North Stars name back, and they could go back to the good jerseys. That really is the most important thing to me, both now and forever. Um, when was it the Hurricanes who did the night where they played in the Whalers jerseys? The, and yes, that, and like right. everyone was just furious about that. Would would the reaction in Minnesota to Dallas doing that be the same or even more over the top? If Dallas played in the North Stars jersey for for a game, I honestly think I know states can't declare war on each other, but I think that's probably what would happen. I would be at the Capitol demanding that Tim Walls <laughs> declare war. I assume a lot of other people would be right there with me. Yeah, and uh, that just seems like that would be it. Would it would be go? People would go crazy. I mean, I'm, again, I our absent co-host. I think who who gets angry about things like white rice. Um, this might really set him off. Stu, I have a history question for you that I want to get an answer on before I say anything else. And this is going to disappoint at least one history teacher I had, but I need you to clarify this mm -hmm. for me. Was Texas in the Confederacy? No, they weren't a, they weren't a state, were they? <laughs> See, but maybe they were a territory. No, I think Texas was a state by then. Ah, oh, shit. All right. Look that up. Don't, we don't, I, yeah, we don't want to wait with for wait on that one. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sure enough, Territory. Texas joined the Confederacy on March 2, 1861. Ah. After it replaced Sam Houston who refused to take an oath of allegiance to the Confederacy. The more you know. So I guess what I'm saying is, in terms of Minnesota declaring war on Texas, everybody says don't mess with Texas. Mm -hmm. I got Mm -hmm. one thing to say to Texas. Scoreboard. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, Minnesota's like, we we still have a Confederate flag in the uh, Minnesota, I think the the archives, uh, the Historical Society has, because we uh, took it from them. We like kicked their ass at some some war right. in like Kentucky or something and brought it home with us. So you don't mess with the first Minnesota. No, you sure don't. So yeah, uh, fuck fuck. Confederacy those. tried to mess with the first Minnesota, and what happened? It yeah. was all oh, downhill yeah, from there. Exactly. And now they've got Norm Green, and we don't. So you know, <laughs> I think Norm Green's dead and good riddance. Okay, what? Um, Bad. I can't remember. What, oh, the the Predators. This started out with the Predators, and then it went on to making fun of the Dallas yeah. Stars, which I like to think is one of the main parts of our podcast yeah. is dumping on Dallas. Yeah, but um, didn't um, a very weird uh, thing? Uh, it was a work day today, and the Wild played an afternoon game. Didn't they? Did they not? That that's correct. I was pretty excited to watch that game, and was shocked to find out about two thirty today that it was already happening. And I believe. I looked it, at my phone. And, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what was going on. I, it was very weird to have that going on during a work day. It was some. I I didn't actually look up to see if it was a weird Canadian holiday or something, but it it supposedly was a generations of hockey game in Toronto or something like that. The idea seemed to be that if we have this game in the afternoon, then all the kids can go to the game, <laughs> and it won't be past their bedtime, huh. which. I think it's good because the Maple Leafs need to get anyone they can to show up to their game. They should. We can check with Sharkman on that. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I've, um, I assume nothing has changed with the Wild. They're just kind of no. It's it's a <clears throat> little it, it's a little strange because they are in real trouble. They won today, but they're in real trouble overall. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're really struggling, and there's absolutely nothing they can do about it. Their only option at this point is to either trade their not some of their not very good players for not very much, or to trade their good players, and then they'll be behind where they started because they've just traded the only good players they have. They have a number of guys who they really would need to trade that can't be traded. Um, Ryan Suter, Zach Parisi, Michael Koivu. We've talked about these guys a thousand times. They have no trade clauses in their contracts. They can't be moved. Um, I guess the one thing at this point, everybody on the wild has kids. I don't know if you knew this, but they're all dads. Aww. And so on the one hand, now that I also am a dad, I'm a little bit, I feel a little more like, no, they can't trade them. Their kids are in school. <laughs> At the end of the school year, they can trade them, but not now. That would be ridiculous. That would just be mean. So I think there's a little bit, and this may or may not be what's actually happening, but you, we haven't heard much from the Wild GM. He's a guy that came from Nashville, Paul. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard too much from him about 
quotes in the media, not only not ripping his best players like Dallas's CEO, but also not saying much about what needs to happen. And I think the reason for that is because he's just letting this play out because more than anything, the wild owner, Craig Leopold, needs to understand that this team doesn't have what it takes. Because Leopold, for years and years, has believed that the Wild were just one one little tweak away, one more guy away. And so a number of years in a row, they traded for a veteran guy at the deadline or something like that. They would look and they'd say, well, they're not quite in first place, but maybe if they just had a better third-line center, that would be the final key to making the team better. And so they would dump a couple of picks in a player or something like that on a guy like Martin Hansel or Matt Martin or any of these other forgettable guys that did nothing when they got to Minnesota. And you make enough of those moves in a row and eventually you have no other moves to be made. They, they used up all their options. They're not a lot of options. They have no more cards to play. And now they just need to sit and take it. And the important thing to start with is that is not that they let themselves fail. It's that the owner understands that there's nothing to be done and they're going to have to take some pain before they can make things better. And I just want to point out that so, oh, Craig, uh, just want to point out that I just said, why are they playing a game on Thursday afternoon? And you just have been talking now for seven minutes straight. It's been a it's been a pleasure, John. You are so good at this of just full on hockey, just frustration and venting. It was that was beautiful. I loved it every second of it. Full on frustration and venting is what we do best. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's not so much what's it. It's like improv comedy, but for frustration and venting <laughs> podcast. <laughs> The yes and after a while it just becomes second second nature. It's like the yes and of CTE enthusiasts. Yeah, you say, "What about the wild?" And they say, "Yes and." <laughs> I do have I do have a happy thing I want to talk about though, and that is that you just got back from my favorite town in America, Seattle. Yeah, it was great, man. It was. You were staying on Bainbridge Island, yeah. as I recall. Oh yeah, we're on. We're on. Uh, no, off. Um, just. We're on the Kitsap Peninsula, which is where Bainbridge Island is, but I think we were one landmass up from Bainbridge. Ah. So uh, we were in the city of Polsbo. Um, Polsbo RV, Jay Buhner sent you. They, Jay Buhner does Polsbo RV. He does, <laughs> he does uh, commercials for that. Is that yeah. really true? Oh, man. Yeah, I think and his, his uh, tagline, and I wish I was making this up, but I'm not, is tell them the bones sent you. <laughs> so uh seattle listener i know we have a couple seattle listeners uh you can correct me if i have the wrong dealership there but i'm pretty sure uh jay buner does uh commercials for uh polsbo rv um, but anyway that is where we were from we got there on christmas eve and we got home on new year's morning at 1 a.m um Ooh, yeah when you have older kids it's a lot easier to do this obviously with the whole um you know santa oh. thing so yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, it was a blast. The weather. I mean, we had got three sunny days that were like in the 40s and 50s, which was awesome. The rest was you know cloudy, right. misty, damp, and miserable. But those three days, uh, while everyone here was suffering through garbage, rain, ice, hail, snow, cold, uh, was actually you know, you know I wasn't going to complain about a little bit of fog. 
um, it was great. Uh, plenty of did a lot of brewery visits. Obviously, it was that was awesome. Uh, did some hikes when the weather was good. That was nice. Uh, got to see family. Uh, my two nieces live out there. I don't see them nearly often enough, and they're like both under the age of six. So I got to watch them open. Pre- oh, that's it. Got to watch them open presents on Christmas morning, and that was that was a blast because in and all my kids were there. So I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. You two used to do this. So it was. It was pretty, pretty fun, pretty special. You two used to be fun. Yeah. Now, now you're just you're sitting here asking if we can go to a dispensary. No. Um, so that's. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was great. Um, I I recommend uh, the area. I mean, I don't recommend living there because it's way too expensive. But I, other than that, I would say oh. it's. Uh, thank you, Amazon. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was great, John. I would. Rec- you are correct. Your love for that city, I absolutely get it. It's just beautiful i saw your pictures from the fairies and just one single tear rolled down yep, my cheek yep, the, oh that's wonderful yeah, that, what a wonderful way to get it around. really is it's just fun you just and i mean everyone's you know it's hard i mean i i imagine if that was my morning commute and i know it is for my brother-in-law it could be a bit of a challenge <laughs> making sure you get making sure right. you get on one because if you the, if the spaces are full you gotta wait another 45 minutes and you know right. so that's that may not be very fun for a commuter but um, and nobody wants to be the crank that's driving his bicycle onto the ferry. No, not at all. Even in Seattle, nobody wants to be that no, guy. No, so yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was a fun way to get around, and just yeah, I, I it was just it was a really, it's a unique area of the country. I think every I mean, just like what go. I mean, I also really enjoyed going to New Orleans, even though it's a toilet, <laughs> but um, it's a beautiful American toilet, and I love it to death. And, and um, I I think of it, it's the best toilet. because it, a lot of people are saying it's, it's the best yes, toilet in the world. But it's just you know it's a, a unique. They there aren't places like that around here. It's a nice place to get to because it's not like where right. I have lived my entire life. It's different. It's a whole other, you know, it's a whole other thing. And I really yeah I can't say enough about it. I recommend it to people. What's your brewer? What was your favorite brewery in Seattle? Uh, Fremont, Fremont Brewery. Uh, they were free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not have anything less than above average from them. A couple of great beers. Um, they actually had uh, their Lush IPA was on the flight, so I was able to crack one on my way there on the way back, which was nice. Um, Ooh, they had a very good a uh, uh, oh gosh, I want to like B roll might have been the name of it, but it was a. Uh, barrel aged porter with uh coffee and cinnamon and get checked oh, yeah. in about four, 14 percent that's, that's a me beer yeah too. that's not a you beer that's a me uh, beer checked in about 14 percent and it was yep, yeah, it thing. was phenomenal it was as good a barrel aged beer as i've ever had obviously i left surly's barrel aged beers as well but this was very very good um so yeah that was my favorite of the ones i visited there was one right on bainbridge that i liked that's where i watched we can probably talk about this next uh the uh Quick Lane Bowl. Um, it was awesome. There was a, a giant bulldog there. Uh, he was actually in commercials around the Seattle area. I don't know if he does commercials for a Pulsbo RV. With Jay Buner. But his name his name was Walter, and he sort of looked like Walter Sobchak as a bulldog. It was just... <laughs> so, yeah, the, we brought the kid, because that was a kid-friendly brewery. Um, so we brought them there, and it was, yeah, that was that was a really cool scene there. I like their stuff. Um, gosh, I tried about... I mean, and then obviously I tried... You know, went to a grocery store and was like a kid in the candy store. So I'm trying different like sampler packs and stuff like that. But 
those are two two off the top of my head that I would recommend to people. It's hard these days if you go on a vac- if you go on a vacation to anywhere that has any sort of brewery culture, which at this point is mm-hmm. basically everywhere yeah. in America. It's a little hard not to go overboard yeah. and say, "All right, everybody, <laughs> we are going to bars for breakfast, lunch, yep. and dinner." And in between, we're going to go to the grocery store and buy 49 yep. beers that I've never had before in my life. Yeah, I dropped like... I, I, we are going to do nothing but drink dropped, for the next I five days. I spent like 50 bucks on Christmas Eve in the grocery store. Like, wait, we're going to close in 15 minutes. Shit. I got to just start grabbing things off the shelf. Um, right. I, I do have a, a a joke for you, though. Um, or at least a, you were talking about the uh, going to a different city, um, explore, exploring their beer culture and just being able to have a good time pretty much forever. There is a city where that is not true. This is from friend of the program, Josh Fiedler, West Lafayette, Indiana's beer scene is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I can't say I'm surprised. um, uh, The, the boiler makers uh, just, I got I got to ask here. Why was Josh in West? Um, I believe his company does a lot of work in Indiana. I know he's had to go to like Fort Wayne and cities like that. And the, for Purdue University, um, there's so many Purdue's. Um, but yeah, I know that like, he could. Next time we have him on the show, I can drill him about the where the good beer bars in Indiana are. But um, no, uh, there's one nowhere. I ever. know there's a good one because um, they were right next to us at the uh, Great American Beer Festival when I was out there. In September, oh gosh, I think it's called Sun King. I just can't remember what city in Indiana it's from, but they have they had a tremendous uh, sour there, and I think we're actually they might be doing a collaboration with them. I don't know if I'm breaking news on that or not, but um, they're good. But I can't remember. They might be from Muncie, you know, <laughs> probably <laughs> home of Jerry Gergich. I think they're from Muncie, um, but yeah. Uh, uh, he had just he was there for a trip and he had texted me. He says, This is the worst college town beer experience I've ever had in my life. So right. so yeah, there are places it's like that, going to Menominee, Wisconsin. Uh, you would think you could at least get a halfway decent New Glarus in Menominee, you would hope at least. Or something right. from actually there's speaking there's a good uh, brewery out of Eau Claire uh called Brewing Project with a K. They're fantastic if you ever get any of their stuff. I would really recommend them. Duly noted. Honestly, I was I was gonna say, speaking of New Glarus, for the first time ever, every every year I go to Wisconsin for Christmas, and every year I think I should stop and get some New Glarus stuff because it's only sold in Wisconsin, and I like to think of it as burning their crops to the mm-hmm. ground. And every year I forget, but this year, because I have a two year old, we had to stop in Wisconsin <laughs> on the way home. Of course. And we walked into one of their one of the giant I ninety four gas stations, and sure enough, they sold beer oh, yeah. there. And so, for the first time ever, I remembered this plan and was able to bring some spotted cow back home. And I'm I, I'm drinking some right now, and I had forgotten that this was good. Yeah, I had forgotten all about it until right now. Yeah, um, I like um their um oh gosh, like the Moon Man. They're their no coast IPA. I think it's a really good IPA. And their the stuff their sours are really good. If you ever if you're into obviously if you're not into sour beer, you're not going to like it. But they have a really good sour program there. <laughs> I like sour beer, but I'm still trying to understand it. Yeah. After that time we had Holly on the program, yeah, no, it's and there's all sorts. Of- boy, I tried I tried real hard, and I asked a lot of what I thought were very good questions, and at the end, I was more confused than when I started. That's okay. That's that's part of that's part of learning and growing and sharing. Mm, yeah, I, I'm going to have to disagree oh, okay. with you there. 
I want to know everything on the first try and then never again. Well, I'm glad you had a good time in Seattle, Stu. Yeah, and you said you were you were in um oh shoot, almost did I hang up on you, John? Please tell me I didn't hang up on you. No, sorry. I'm still here. Almost you can't hang up on good. me. You can't get good. rid of me. Um you said you were in Wisconsin for the holidays? Yeah, well, my wife's family gets together in Arcadia, Wisconsin, which is down in down by Winona, sort of. Okay. So, so that's the- it's it's in Wisconsin, and so we get together, we do that, and then we come back the same night. So I'm not in Wisconsin for very oh, okay. long, but okay. it's a yearly thing. Got it. And I must say that Wisconsin plows their roads very poorly, and There's I'm a very shot. disappointed in their road maintenance. There's a surprise. Um. Yeah, not not a real surprise. Thanks a lot, Governor Walker. Yeah. Googly-eyed homunculus. Um, um, <laughs> speaking of googly-eyed I, homunculus? homunculus, is that how you spell? Is that how you say that? Uh, I'm glad that you're I, here. That's how I say it, at least. All right. Speaking of that googly-eyed homunculus, let's talk twins. Hey, and I'm trying to remember whether it's Falvey or Levine that's more googly-eyed. I can't remember, I don't, to be honest with you. This is not a good way to get That's Are they going to sign a pitcher? I don't know. This, when are they going to sign a pitcher? <laughs> are they going to sign a pitcher? What's going on? Um, Why don't you have answers? Um, Answer the question. I, th- uh, um, let's see. I, I checked with our um, the birthday boy, Aaron Gleeman, and he's not panicked yet. He was panicking before they signed Nelson Cruz. And I think he thinks the signing of Cruz means, well, if they're in for that much on a 38-year-old power hitter, they're probably going to sign some pitching. Because they probably see a window here with Cleveland selling off assets that they can maybe compete um, for both a wild card or the AL Central outright. Although Cleveland said, ah, we're going to sell all our pitchers. And a month later, and they haven't sold anybody. And so now it's starting to seem like some sort of clever ruse. Or it could just be collusion. <laughs> or it could just be collusion. Yeah, uh, Dave Roth had a good thing in Deadspin yesterday about basically every team in the Major League Baseball can afford Bryce Harper. Every team, every team oh, yeah. can afford Manny Machado. Any anyone who says they can't is the lying. Twins. The twins can absolutely. The Twins can afford both of yeah. them very easily. Yeah, it's super easy. They all have money. It's it's worth remembering that the Twins have been in saving money mode. I would say every year except for. Probably one out of the last 25. They've been saving that money, and that money has not been stored up in a Scrooge McDuck bank vault ready to be spent on other people. It's been pocketed, Mm -hmm. and every year, even after the Twins built the stadium that everybody had been asking for for years, every year they say, well, you know, we're a small market baseball team. We can't be spending all this money. Yes, you can. Yes, they can. They have plenty of yes. money. They have, as I mentioned, they could sign Harper and Machado to lucrative deals and everything would be fine. I'm not suggesting that they do that necessarily. I'm just saying I I don't understand the tendency of so many, not only Twins fans, but baseball fans in general, especially in this era of talking about contracts and stuff now. All of a sudden, everybody is total misers with the owner's money. They say, "Oh, that guy's not worth that money. They need to, they need to save some of that money, and they need to spend less, and they need to get rid of these overpaid veterans." No, they have plenty of money. Yeah. Revenue is what doubled in the last eighty yeah. years, something like those, that. Those TV, something absurd and ridiculous. The TV contracts just have lined their pockets uh, thrice over. 
just they they have more money than they know what to do with and i hope my hope is that it's going all to hans um but i don't know that that if that's the case i would like it if that is everyone's best hope yeah we like hans and he should get paid uh handsomely for what he does more money. More money. Whatever he's getting paid, yeah. it's not enough. But um, to back to your, uh, I saw that, uh, was it a David Robertson, the Yankees reliever, signed today with the Phillies? And that would have been a really nice uh, relief pitcher to have because the Twins don't have any relief pitchers outside of, let's say, Juan Berenguer. I don't know. So, yeah, they could. Uh, they need to rebuild the bullpen. They need another starter. Um, you've already got Nelson Cruz. I think that was a great move. Um, yep. I thought that was a great move. And... Everybody loves yeah, Nelson it Cruz. Makes, and if he if this is the year he falls off the map, you know what? It's no big deal. They can afford it. It'll it'll suck for the team. It'll suck for the lineup. It would be nice to have a forty home run hitter in that lineup, um, but it's not like you know. I, I just I got you got me really sidetracked on the payroll thing that dry, that just drives me. Dri- right. No, this is the drives time. Me absolute this nuts. is the space. Get it all out. No, just drives, that's just why are you siding with ownership on anything? Ever. Right. Why? Why ever side They're not going to give you the money. They're not going to put it in a target, make the field, the seats of target field cheaper. It's, they're not your friend. Don't, they're never going to be your friend. They, they are the enemy. Yeah. Oh, God. Drives me absolutely batty. Um, but yes, I, I think um, hopefully with that Robertson signing, maybe that starts people spending money on pitchers below him. Um, I think the best uh, starter left, is it Keichel? Is he the last of the really good free agent pitchers left? I think he I think he might be the last one of the, wow, I'm really excited about this. Yeah. Because after him, there's a bunch of guys that you say, Meh. I mean, these are the Irvin Santanas of exactly. the world. That you say, Meh, yeah, could be great. good. That's, that's a flyer, you know. Yeah, that's a That's a thing. One of those guys. He's he's pitched before. Yeah. So he's he he has a baseball card. So he's Mm -hmm. so yeah. Got his own glove and his own spikes. Yeah. But yeah, I uh, I'm not again as with my perds. I wouldn't say I'm panicked yet. But if a couple more pitchers go off the board, then yes, I will. I will start panicking. Yeah. It's been a lot of. It's been a, a long off season of somebody else will sign a pitcher, and. Twins fans would say, okay, well, there's other guys out there. It's a little like they're in the the fantasy baseball auction draft <laughs> where the first couple of guys go up for bid and they say, wow, that's way more than I wanted to pay for those guys. But now they're getting into the panic part where you say, everybody else seems to have a pitching staff and I have nobody and maybe I'll save a lot of money and I won't overpay for anybody, but also I'll have no pitchers on my staff yeah, and, and I'll be forced to depend on J.A. Happ yet again <laughs> for a fantasy baseball team. And I mean, again, last year, you know, they didn't get Morrison and Lance Lynn until like damn near opening day. Right. Uh, which again, they didn't work out, but you know, they got them at a much more... Signing them then, as opposed to Christmas, uh, probably saved them a hell of a lot of money. So it's, I mean, I I get that. Right. So maybe that's the, that worked. The process worked for them, if not the result last year. And as the sportive, uh, we endorse process here at the sportive podcast. Um, we just wish the results were better sometimes, all the time. Every time. Every time. time. Um, do you want to talk 
about your beloved Minnesota Gopher football team. Boy, that was a heck of a bowl game, wasn't it? It sure was. Um, they they just absolutely slapped they just, them. They finally got revenge for the Bobby Kremens Georgia Tech team taking out Kevin Lynch <laughs> in 1990. They finally got their revenge. I'm so glad about that. Kevin Lynch just sitting by himself drinking and smoking four cigars at once. <laughs> Finally. Finally. The monkey's on my back. Oh, God. They just killed him. And those, I mean, let's just say there have been many, many years in the past where a triple option team versus the Minnesota Gophers defense would have been a war crime if they put it on TV. Because Right. I've seen it happen. Yeah. I literally saw it happen. Oh, yeah. Year the fall of two thousand against Ohio University. Yeah. Ohio University slapped them all over the Metrodome. Because uh, I mean, good teams get frustrated because it's just it's a it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, you've got to prepare entirely differently for a triple option team from anything else, and it's just it's just maddening. I think uh, Nick Saban hates it, and it, he like right he hates playing those teams because it it is hard to defend. And the Gophers... And it's just perfect for Paul Johnson, the the retiring Georgia Tech Mm -hmm. coach. Just the grumpiest, most stubborn, most cantankerous, most (laughs) chicken-finger 69-style football coach Mm -hmm. in all of America. Matched up with the perfect, cantankerous, stubborn, annoying offense of all time. It (laughs) It was a glorious combination of coach and system. Paul Johnson deserves to... Coach Army and or Navy for the remainder of his days, if he so chooses. Ah, he's I think, just yeah. running the triple option, just lining people up and smashing them into other service academy members. I think he's that's where Paul Johnson. No, is he's going to move into a one bedroom apartment with Jim Leland. They're just going to smoke <laughs> and watch like odd couple reruns. I think that he's one of those guys who just yeah, I just yeah, he's. He's pretty Just great. Two TVs, war movies on one yep. TV and odd couple <laughs> reruns on the other one. But yeah, nothing but yeah. unfiltered cigarettes and anger. But um, I, I assume you saw the same piece that everyone was sharing with uh, Bill Connolly from SB Nation about how. No, I didn't see how that. erratic the Gophers were this year. They were good enough in like half the season. They were as good as Clemson. And in the other half of the season, they were as good as Rutgers. Right. And it's there was really no was, rhyme. I mean, they they obviously played well once they sw- swapped out defensive coordinators, but there were games earlier in there. That Fresno State, I mean, Fresno State was good this year. I didn't even know that, but they they oh, lost yeah. two games, one of them to the Gophers. So I mean, that was a really good win. That was that was an amazing win, as it turned yeah. out. And they also absolutely slapped Wisconsin. Well, they beat the pants off Georgia mm-hmm. Tech, and in the same season. They gave up 1 million rushing yards in a game to Illinois, <laughs> a team that dropped football after the season because they're so bad at they football. They kept Lovey Smith but dropped football just because his beard is cool. <laughs> it's just, it's it's almost, it's almost unfathomable. And I wish that we knew what fired defensive coordinator Rob Smith was actually doing during practice There's a... because they fired him halfway through the season. At a point where the Gophers were as bad on defense as they've ever been. And I say this, having lived yes. and paid attention through the entire Jim you, you are an authority on this. Um, I've... As bad on defense as the Gophers have ever been. And they fired him, and immediately the next week, they were a juggernaut. Um, my theory on what he was doing is, you know how Dinkytown has two Raising Canes sort of right by each other? 
Uh, yeah. I think he was. I think he was going there to see where he got like a uh, better tenders, and if he got more waffle fries from either location, he was like doing a blind test. And I think it, that was it consumed him, like you know, like a scientist. That's all the defense yeah. is doing every it, week. All right, guys, we're going to the dink. We're going to the Stadium Village Raging Canes. This yeah, time. and we're gonna see. I want you to order the the cane the canes combo, and I want you to order the caniac, yep. and we're gonna see. We're gonna see finally. Which one is better? Because it's caught this, the the pricing is the same, but I'm convinced there's a better value at one of these, and they're so close to each other. We've got to figure this out, gentlemen. And it just consumed him. He was a mad scientist, driven driven yeah. driven mad by cane sauce and Texas yeah. toast. <laughs> is raising canes the place that Chicken Fingers really likes for chicken? Fingers? Um, no, I think he's. I think he thought they were overrated. I think he, I, 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 God, I feel, I do feel bad for misrepresent. This is one of the things I actually would feel mad about misrepresenting his values on. Cause he takes that very seriously. Um, it was right. that he's literally named after yeah, it. Um, gosh, it's a family business. Chicken. Fingers. I thought it was, he was really a big fan of the $5 DQ basket. Right. It has the ranch dipping sauce and the toast. And I think he's a big, and the green. Yeah. He loves that. He loves, if you want to dip, he loves that country gravy. He does love that country. He gravy. does. That might be the show title, by the way. <laughs> he loves that country gravy. Um, but yes, as far as the game itself, John, um, they they dominated um, a team that I think the Vegas line was wasn't Tech the favorite, and I think everyone's like you know. I think it was Johnson's last game. If they weren't, it was real close, and it was not a close football. No, game. it was there was a completely dominant performance and my guess is they're going to be one of those fun sexy picks next year for like the Western Division probably be preseason top 25 honestly that's cuz they have a fair amount of returning talent um Flex got you know this is like the pattern with him um and we all know that because we're, we even mentioned this it's going to go south right away but Right. Um, I think there's reason to be optimistic about Gophers football next year. I boy, it's these last two games, the bowl game and the Wisconsin mm-hmm. game, were as good as I can remember feeling about Gopher football outside of the couple times they've beat Michigan. Yeah, and I mean this was that one time uh, yeah. that one time they went to Michigan and just absolutely spanked them. Brandon was there. We talked about it a lot on the podcast. Yeah. That was probably ninety five episodes ago yeah. now. That one was about as good as things have gotten for Gopher football in my lifetime. But despite the up and down, extremely weird season, these last two games have been a real high point. Yeah. And as you mentioned, there's nowhere to go but down. Yeah, that's true. And I assume that'll happen to me. Well, yeah, I mean, and the season started, they had like, you know, the quarterback from Nordstrom, Minnesota, which is a place by my hometown that I didn't know existed. And their right. best player was Antoine Winfield's kid and he got hurt right away. And so it wasn't exactly, it didn't lend a lot of confidence to it being a decent year. And for a team that finished, you know, was, I suppose eight and six, is that the final record? Seven, Seven and six, sorry. Um, that's, I, I, I apologize to Patrick Royce, but that's, I think they're worth, you know, paying attention to next year. Right. And I, I, Boy, I, 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 I get why Royce does that because it is fun to tease gopher diehards because they are anyone who's still a gopher fan lo, after low these many years 
has got is seriously bent anyway, so it's kind of fun to poke the poke right. the bear a little bit there. We all are. So it's kind of fun to make Nadine Babu crabby. But it's you know I think they're no it's I think they're gonna be fun to watch next year. I I am looking forward I man, this is boy, this is gonna get come back to bite me. I'm more looking forward to go for football than Vikings football next fall. Oh, absolutely. That's 100% true. I'm right there with you. I just, it just. Right now. Yeah. I mean, right now, is the, I mean, it, right now, it's the high point for that sentiment, I think. Just the way the Gophers ended versus how the Vikings ended. You're going to think that, but I think it's also a legitimate feeling. At this moment, the Wild are a thumbs down. The Wolves are a thumbs down. The Vikings are a thumbs down. The Twins, until they sign a pitcher, probable thumbs down. The Lynx, if they start well, if they get things figured out, then maybe things will get better. But they they feel like they're on the on the decline rather than on the upswing right now. They still have Maya Moore. They still they they still have the pieces. But you, after last year, it's hard to get excited about that. The Loons not so good. Gopher football right now is the team to be excited I about. Would, I, out I of agree. all of out of all of the major teams in town, it's so weird. It doesn't feel right. It's. This can't be right. No, I feel, I feel like I feel like I should apologize for that. I, it just doesn't seem right. No, I've got I've got nine months to get worked into a lather here, and by the time the season starts next year, I'm going to have my hopes so sky high that uh, they're going to be cut down like wheat in the field at the end of the at the end of the summer. Oh well, it'll, it's it's going to be a harvest of hope. It was a good run, though. I was optimistic for about two minutes there, John. <laughs> Yep, that was fun. <laughs> it was great. Oh, it's going to be, it could be a fun year. It could be, it could be, I agree. All right, I think we've covered all 95 sports. In we now. did. I managed to mention a couple of other sports. I I, I do have to say, um, on on New Year's Eve, I tweeted something just to be dumb about how, it, how much of a disaster all the pro sports teams and towns were. Mm-hmm including the Lynx and the Loons and the Wilds and the Wolves and the Vikings and the Twins. And I appreciated the number of people. There were a handful of people, five or six people, who did the well actually tweets back to me about other teams in town that actually had successful years that were semi-pro. Mm-hmm. Like, there were a couple of people who tweeted back and said, well, the St. Paul Saints had a good year, or Minneapolis City and Duluth FC, two semi-pro soccer teams. And I just, I appreciated the purity of that because I've been that guy. Oh, yeah. I've been the guy who says, somebody will tweet something about the Wild, the Wolves, the Twins, and the Vikings. I'll be like, what about the Loons? (laughs) What about the Lynx? In that voice. So I just, it made me somewhat happy to start 2019 knowing that no matter how many, no matter how far you try to go down, there's always somebody there to say, well, actually... Well, actually, the Minnesota Whitecaps. What about our Whitecaps? The Minnesota Whitecaps are amazing. What about our but, um, <laughs> our our wind chill played at halftime of the of the Bears Vikings game? So, exactly. So yeah, we got there's other sports out there. Yeah, they're all mm-hmm. great. I love a niche sport. Everybody that's knows, true. but that's your brand. That is my thing. All right, you got anything else to dad life? Um, did we want to before we left? Did we want to cover best? albums or didn't was that on oh yes i did want to do that i forgot i i i put this on my request list for this podcast and then i forgot all about it so thank you for reminding mm-hmm. me Stu. 
what I asked, I was, it's the first show of 2019, as I mentioned, and everybody else on this podcast besides me is a music guy. Mm -hmm. All three of you are big time music knowers. And that's with a capital M and a capital K. You guys know the music. We do. We are music. I don't know the music. Yes. But I wanted to ask about 2018 in music. And I, what I asked all three of you to do, and obviously you're the only one here, so, That's but true. our good friend Chicken did send did send a nominee along, so we'll we'll read that out as well. Mm-hmm. What I asked all three of you to do was give me your artist or your album or your song of 2018. Give me your best of 2018. So I'm gonna go. Should we read Chicken first? Yeah, read Chicken first. Chicken picked people. Chicken picked the Casey. I, I should actually pull this up and actually read the actual email he sent um he picked the casey musgraves album Mm -hmm. which tell me a little about casey musgraves because obviously i'm not uh she is a phenomenally talented country singer who dabbles in pop and rock um she is great not good great i think she is the future of country music and that's said as a compliment not as a dig if I were to say that, if I were to say that about Toby Keith, that would be a dig. Um, but she is uh, just she's super, super good. I, it's, would, it's yeah. I, would you say she's mostly country or mostly pop or somewhere in between? Mostly country. Mostly I'd say country? yeah. I would say if you were to listen to the record, you'd say oh yeah, it's a country record. But there's like parts of it that sound a little, a little more um, Joni Mitchellish. There's like almost a disco oh. disco song on there. It's uh, she's. She has some variety to her, um, in addition to traditional country. And again, there's a reason people go nuts over her, and it's a valid reason. All right, so here was Chicken's review. Um, it, the album of the year was the Casey, Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour. He he referred to it as a soothing tranquilizer dart to the jugular of this charging rhinoceros, which is just a wonderful phrase. That's, that's our chicken. That's our chicken. All right, so that chicken's pick. Brandon did not give us a pick, so I assume that he has given up listening to music. He has got to, all status. He has two young boys. He, he just he, <laughs> I, we could just say that he uh, just, probably for like the senselessly his kids. His youngest one I want to say is three or four. So whatever, I think four. Whatever was popular four years. Whatever the last Outcast record was, he probably that's his thing. <laughs> all right, so your pick. Artist, song, or album of 2018? Um, let's see. Artist of the year. Um, I would say, oh, gosh. That's such a tough one. Um, uh, my favorite record of the year was uh, What a Time to Be Alive by Superchunk. Uh, they, they're a, uh, one of my favorite um, grunge era uh, you know, indie rock bands, and they put out the best record of their career when they're my age and in 2018 and I just, it's a 35 minutes of, I gotta tell you, it's an upset that your album of the year was a rock album, given that there are no rock. I albums. know. And yeah, my top two actually are both, uh, the indie rock, uh, just guitars, drums, bass, vocals. Yes. That's, that's what rock music yes, is. Exa- I know. I, I need to tell that to the kids because they don't know. Oh, so, to the kids. They don't have a goddamn <laughs> right. clue what I'm talking about right now. Is that what the Dave Grohl does? Yeah, so yeah, no, that was my favorite record of the year. It was great. Um, my other, the other one was a Wide Awake by Parquet Courts. I don't think it's a reference to the Boston Celtics home court, um, but they were both just boy. 
Uh, they had a song, uh, Parquet Courts had an album, a song on the album called Freebird 2. So, I mean, that automatically is, a, that's really funny to me. <laughs> so I um, I like both those. Um, I had actually the next three of my top five were all country-ish. Um, the case, oh, I, I had the Casey Musgraves record in there. I had Amanda Shires. Uh, she's a fiddle player. Um, and she's just put out a really good, um, more almost rock-oriented album. And Pistol Annie's, which has uh, Miranda Lambert in it, and it's like three um, Nashville singer songwriters. Like and there, it was a country lady super. Yeah, group, right? pretty much. And that is also um, uh, Josh Fiedler, uh, his wife Liz, and I bonded over that record because we both think it's great, and oh. Mandy thinks it's terrible because she hates Miranda Lambert. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Why does Mandy hate Miranda? Because she's on tabloids all the time, and I think she said, "Really, yeah, I think." I don't know if they have a right. Maybe they have a rivalry. I'll ask Mandy the next time if her and Miranda Lambert have some issues to work through. So, boy, and I have been out of Ortonville for too long. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Miranda Lambert's personal. Life. Or, well, and, you know, maybe someday you will, John. Maybe someday you will. And um, maybe, maybe someday I will. And um, for the for the kids who like the hip hop, um, Daytona by Pusha T. Is I'm not making up that name. Um, it's really good it's i think it was produced by uh brandon's uh close personal friend kanye west um but it's it's oh. got some really i mean it's the the samples that they use it's just it's a builds a whole little internal universe and i realize that i'm talking like a rock critic now and i'm sorry about that but Boy, but I, it's a if, it's a is. really i mean if you're gonna listen to a hip-hop album from this year that that was my favorite one i also liked uh dirty computer by janelle monet that had the best song of the year on it um Make me feel. I think you've probably heard it by now. It's the one that's. I, I think it's rumored that her and Prince collaborated on it before he passed, and it's sounds like it came straight off of like you know, um, the uh, Parade album in 1986. It's just a complete classic, and it'll be played on the radio 50 years from now. So those um those are my Excellent. those are a sampling of my favorites, John. That's a good pick. I do my best. See, you still get the music knower. I still do. I try to. Well, capital M, and, capital K. You know, I mean, I, uh, between, you know, I, I still drive to the cities for work three days a week. I listen to podcasts, but I will also, you know, if there's a new record, I will, you know, download it or stream it or something. And just so I can like, oh, that's because I got the time, John. <laughs> those those, yep. those pontoons, time is those pontoons never go very fast. When they're getting hauled on ninety four, <laughs> so I gotta, I got the time to listen to new music if I have yep. to. So, and just crank it down to fifty two miles an exactly. hour and sit just right, right there. there and listen. To, I'm gonna be in Rogers for a while. Let's, let's see what let's, let's, let's see what Pusha T has to say. So, um, <laughs> let's hear from. So yeah, that is uh, that's that's my stuff there, John. That's good, Stu. That's a good review. Yeah. Do you have any? F- and that's a good place to end. Already cool. Um. Uh, I don't have, yeah, I got nothing else. Um, dad life is good here. Uh, I don't know. Uh, oof. Is there anything coming up that we need to talk? It'll probably be another couple weeks before they get a show. I can't think of anything coming up next week that we're going to want to talk about. <laughs> it's, 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 it would be a surprise if it's, something It's happened. pretty bleak out there right now. So my guess is it'll be a couple of weeks before we hear from us. Not because we don't love you, but I think we're going to need the twins to do something or someone to get fired. I think that's probably where the only time the only time people want us to record an emergency podcast is when the Vikings do something that's terrible. They just want to hear And now the Vikings are over for the They just want to hear us cry. That's really all it comes down to. Yep. 
people people need that cathartic release they really of do. hearing us they do. They really drinking do. and swearing it's and like, sobbing. God damn it, they can't block, and he gets scared, and the ball goes nowhere. It's like, yeah, we know. We, right. yeah, we, that's pretty. We're the that's audio what you, you would have going gotten. out behind the yeah. barn and crying. That's what you would have gotten on Sunday night, everybody. That's exactly what you would have gotten. You didn't miss. <laughs> Why can't they football? You didn't miss a damn thing. Right. Alrighty, Chuck. Yep. So unless the Vikings lose again next week, I may not hear from them. <laughs> Might but be a while yet. So, uh, go Twins. It's good. It's good to be here in 2019. It is. I can't be bothered to look this up, but this is the 45th consecutive year we've done a podcast in now. So, yeah. congratulations us. Yeah, we're we're awesome. It's, it started as an anti Joe McCarthy podcast, and, and, now, and now we're here in 2019. And now we're woke. So uh, there you go, everybody. Yep. Alrighty. Finally. This is our woke year. Finally. Good to see you. Good, good, to, good to talk at you. Yep, we'll talk to you guys later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 